means we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings, Voice of America listeners. This is VOA Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the January 23rd edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. On Tuesday's show, we'll continue our special coverage of the Africa Cup of Nations football tournament, or AFCON, in Ivory Coast. Joining us now from the Ivorian commercial capital of Abidjan is VOA Nations Cup reporter Muckbill Yabaro. Sporty AFCON greetings, Muckbill. Sporty AFCON greetings, Sonny. What's going on? Muckbill, it's the 11th day of competition in Ivory Coast. In action on Monday, Equatorial Guinea, Nigeria, and Egypt all officially booked their places in the round of 16. Muckbill, I got to give it up for Equatorial Guinea. Nine goals scored in the group phase. They topped the group with seven points. They thrashed host Ivory Coast 4-0. Your reaction? Oh, my goodness, Sonny. What can I say, bro? I, I'm, I was watching the game, and it was it was one of the most confusing games that I've ever watched in my life. Can I say that? It, it, just, it, it literally made absolutely no sense what was happening. Let me just give you some, some stats that will maybe put things into perspective. Ivory Coast had 22 shots to only 10 shots that Equatorial Guinea had, right? That's not even shots on target. That's just shots in general. Shots on target, it was in favor of Equatorial Guinea. They had seven on target, and uh, Ivory Coast had three. Just look at that percentage, three out of 22 on target in comparison to 70%, seven out of 10 on target. Ball possession, Ivory Coast had 69% of ball possession to only 31%. Mm, passes, mm. Son, passes, 393 passes for Ivory Coast to 199 for Equatorial Guinea. Pass accuracy, 82% for Ivory Coast to 63% to, to Equatorial Guinea. What So what does that mean? That means that Equatorial Guinea was just clinical when they got their specific, when they got the ball into the box or when they got it into specific spaces, they were surgical. That's all it was. Whereas, you know, I always talk about this when it comes to football, having ball possession and passing the ball around, playing tiki-taka without movement of the ball in that final third means absolutely nothing in today's game. It doesn't mean that you're dominating. It just means you're able to hold on to the ball long enough. But what can you do with it that results into goals? Now, on uh, Ivory Coast's side, they did have two goals that were called back uh, offside. Um, one positive thing that I will say, though, is VAR has been spectacular in AFCON. I've literally not had one um, issue with any single VAR um, referee, the VAR ref and the VAR assistant, uh, alongside with the referee on the field, have been perfect. Literally, in my eyes, I've I've not seen them make a like a call that I've looked at in in a type of way that we look at some of these other bigger uh, leagues around the world. Um, and and we watch and we always complain and say, hey, VAR got this one wrong. They're using it the right way. So if if there's anything that I can say that we can take away from Afcon, it's 
the usage of VAR has been spectacular. So kudos uh, to the refing uh, staff uh, for that. Buckbill, the Super Eagles of Nigeria, they're through to the round of 16 after a 1-0 win over Guinea-Bissau. Not exactly a sterling performance by the Super Eagles. Uh, Own goal accounted for the scoring, but they did enough, Muckbill. They did enough to get to the next round. Absolutely. Like you said, Sonny, they did enough, but, you know, what it's showing me is that, you know, Nigeria, they have talented players in respective big-name spots, but the collective might not be as strong as we may have thought originally. Uh, so because of that, I think they're going to have a lot of challenges in the, the, the next rounds. So we'll see how they do. Uh, but luckily for them, it's, it's not uh, a series of games or two legs that they'll have to play. You just have to come out there and have a great game, one great game, and that's all it takes. They had that game against Ivory Coast, which allowed them to have that cushion um, in, in, in their group. But at the moment, they're not looking particularly strong. Uh, we'll see what they do in the next rounds, though. Muckbill, let's turn to Group B at this 34th Africa Cup of Nations. Egypt also does enough to get to the next round. Three draws in the group phase. Uh, they wrap things up in the group with a two-all draw against Cape Verde, which already had gone through to the knockout round. But let's begin with Mo Salah, Muckbill. His agent uh, says the player's injury is more serious than previously stated and that the Liverpool star could be out for three to four weeks. He watched the match on Monday from the sidelines. Any updates on Salah, Muckbill? No, Sonny, that's pretty much all the updates that we are getting. Uh, Unfortunately for us, there's no real way of knowing anything outside of what's coming from his camp, obviously. Um, And I, I, the look on his face was one that looked to me, you know, uh, like he he would have loved to be out there to help his team. Uh, Mo Salah doesn't come off to anybody really as a player who doesn't love his country or doesn't want to play for his country. If that were the case, he would have just opted to stay in Liverpool. So for him to come out here and play um, and then get injured, uh, it's it's really disappointing for him. But he was ecstatic when they scored the goal to tie the, the game and then even more elated when they went up. They actually went up um, 2-1 in the 93rd minute, but because the game had so much stoppage time, uh, Cape Verde was able to score a goal in the 99th minute. Now, interestingly enough, Sonny, there were so many variables, right? Because it was either Egypt or Ghana that was going to punch their ticket through to the next round. Now, Ghana was up, and and we'll talk about this in a bit, but Ghana was up 2-0 for the entire game, Sonny. Mm, All they needed mm. to do was if they won and Egypt was unable to win, they punched their ticket through. Somehow, Mozambique scores two goals in extra time. Unimaginable, unbelievable. But this AFCON has been won for the ages. All the games have been so, so exciting. Man, I've had a great time covering it. Unbelievable uh, indeed, Muckbill. I I saw the expressions on the faces of some of the black stars after Mozambique uh, pulled level at two all. And uh, the Black Stars are basically hanging on by a thread right now. They they can still go through 
as one of the uh, four best third place teams. Am I correct on that, Muckbill? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You are correct on that. So um, depending on, you know, what everything ends up looking like, uh, but they definitely have a tall, tall task at hand simply because Ghana at the moment only has two points, uh, whereas Ivory Coast uh, has three points. So Ivory Coast is in a way, way better spot um, than Ghana, for instance, uh, to potentially make it through to that next round. Uh, there are other groups um, that have teams with already three points, um, and then they still have games left. So if they draw, they get up to four, maybe punch their ticket through that way. Or if there's two teams with four points, then, uh, you know, one of them will make it through, then the other one will be a third place um, high priority. So quite a few uh, different uh, options. We'll just have to kind of wait it out till all the groups have played. Muckbill, we'll take a quick look at Group C and D. Uh, they wrap up their group play uh, on Tuesday evening. But if we were to go back uh, to A and B, Muckbill, would you rate Equatorial Guinea and Cape Verde as possibly the surprise teams so far at this Nations Cup? Absolutely. Like all of the folks that were making predictions in Group A and Group B, I I would – say that you know the probability of you saying Cape Verde and Equatorial Guinea would be at the top of both groups would be something like a a a, a bracket buster right in, in March Madness <laughs> for our bas college basketball fans um I did not expect it but uh that's the beauty of this game but you know and then it's it's amazing to see teams that maybe kind of get overlooked by the bigger giants of Africa uh but they're showing us that, hey, we're here to play. You know, there's only 11 players that are going to be on the pitch at any given time. Um, so if we just give it our all. And I, I loved the energy and, and the level of play that Cape Verde played with because, Sonny, we spoke about this. And I was wrong, and I'll be, you know, I'll, I'll be good to say it, that I thought that they were going to come out with, you know, maybe the B team and, and rest some of the A team players. No, but the captain and majority of their players were playing. I think one of their top guys, uh, Bebe, uh, was out, but because he had somewhat of a, a lingering recurring injury that he may have kind of like re-aggravated in his last game, he could he could have used the rest yesterday, uh, and that's kind of why they left him out of it. But they really played it all the way until the end, and even when Egypt went up 2-1, uh, Egypt would have went through, had Ghana even kept their lead, but uh, what ended up happening was they they said, no, we're going to keep playing to the final whistle. And was they were able to score an amazing goal uh, late to just go level. So they're undefeated in the group phase, and that means so much to them. I'm Sonny Young, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. I'm talking with VOA Nations Cup reporter Muckbill Yabaro, who is in Ivory Coast covering African football's premier event. Muckbill, on Tuesday evening, the spotlight will be shining on Group C and D as they wrap up their group play. In Group C, Guinea going against Senegal, which has already uh, booked its ticket to the next round, and Gambia going against Cameroon. If Cameroon is able to beat Gambia, um, they will also be tied with Guinea if Guinea loses. Uh, so that still could be an implication uh, that, you know, could 
depending on the gold differential. Uh, at the moment, uh, Guinea is plus one, whereas Cameroon is minus three. Uh, so if they beat them 3-0, I believe they'll be leveled up. Uh, so it'll take a very big win score for Cameroon to overtake um, Guinea, even if Guinea loses to Senegal today. Nonetheless, if they do win, um, you know, the Indomitable Lions will then have four points and will be uh, sitting atop the third-place teams uh, if they can't make that uh, goal differential up. So nonetheless, I think for them, Cameroon, this is a must, must, must win. I uh, spoke to a Cameroonian journalist uh, yesterday who said, you know, the history of the game uh, in Cameroon uh, is so huge. The legacy of this country is so huge when it comes to football, not only on the continent, but worldwide, that it's somewhat sad uh, to see his team unable to score. Uh, goals, you know, so I think that the, the fan base will accept nothing more than a win today, especially against a, you know, a, a Gambian team that has really been struggling in the tournament thus far. So we'll see how that goes. In Group D, Muckbill, also some uh, very interesting scenarios. Angola and Burkina Faso at the top of the group with four points each. Uh, Algeria with two points and Mauritania with uh, no points. Uh, it's possible should Mauritania uh, lose to Algeria this evening and Angola and Burkina Faso draw, uh, we could have three teams with five points each. A lot of interesting scenarios tonight. Absolutely. Another interesting scenario could be Mauritania can, can beat Algeria. Algeria has not been great this tournament, to be honest with you. They've shown a lot of lapses in, in, in their defense. Um, they've somehow just kind of miraculously made it out with two draws, but they haven't really played to the level that we know Algeria can play to. So if Mauritania has one of those games where they're able to beat Algeria, Mauritania would, would then have three points and would be potentially <laughs> uh, one of the top uh, third-place teams with three points. So, that you know, it's anything can happen, man. And that's the beauty of this game and this tournament and the, the way that it's kind of put out. is like, man, you lose two games, you know, and you think to yourself you may be out, but you still have a chance to make it through. So look to see Martinia play a, a game, man, today. Uh, I think they're going to leave it all on table uh, leave it all on the pitch, but I think Algeria will also come out uh, guns ablaze. Finally, Muckbill, speaking of guns ablaze, I guess you could say Emilio Ensue has had his guns ablaze at this AFCON. Uh, he leads all scorers with five goals. Uh, he had two goals on Monday for Equatorial Guinea. I know we've talked about him already, Muckbill, but some final thoughts on Emilio Ensue for Equatorial Guinea. Man, Emilio Ensue is the funniest thing about his whole situation is the man doesn't play striker for his club team. This is unbelievable. Maybe I have to have a conversation with his club side and say, look, you guys are maybe wasting this guy in the, in the left back position. The man can score goals. He gets into some really amazing positions. Uh, you know, he just has a knack for scoring in the box. He's very similar to like your old school uh, number nine, you know, like just being a bit physical, getting into the box, just tapping in around the goal. 
you know, he's 34 years old, so he's not a young buck. But, you know, this tournament, we were expecting it to be a breakout tournament for some of the younger guys. Seems like some of the some of the old guys are, are letting folks know, look, we, we're still here, man. We're still here, <laughs> and we're at the top of our game. So it's amazing to see uh, the what he's able to do for Equatorial Guinea, just to put the team uh, out there like that, you know. And the team collectively has 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 really been amazing. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they do in the next round. They have not had a bad game yet, Sonny. I'll be watching them carefully in the next rounds. VOA Nations Cup reporter Mukbil Yabaro speaking with us from Abidjan, Ivory Coast. Thank you, Mukbil. Thanks, Sonny. Hey, folks, I'm Mukbil Yabaro, and I have some electrifying news for you. AFCON 2023 is here, and I'll be at Ivory Coast covering all things AFCON for VOA Africa. We'll have exciting coverage on radio, TV, and all of our digital platforms. Make sure you check out VOAAfrica.com for AFCON updates. Stay locked right here on VOA Africa. As Muckbill and I talked about, Ghana and Mozambique drew two all Monday at the Africa Cup of Nations football tournament in Ivory Coast. The Black Stars of Ghana surrendered two late goals, and it leaves the four-time Nations Cup champions on the brink of elimination. For reaction, Yawafusu Larbi joins us now from Accra, Ghana. Sporty greetings, Yao. Sporty greetings, Sunny. Ghana's Black Stars have hit a new low at the Africa Cup of Nations. On Monday, when they were expected to win against Mozambique to qualify easily, they drew, making it very difficult now to qualify to the next stage of the competition. The Black Stars lost to Cape Verde in the first group game before succumbing to a draw after taking the lead twice in the game against Egypt. Against Mozambique, they took the lead from the penalty spot through Jordan Ayew and then scored a second from the same spot. But as has been the case all through this tournament, the Mozambicans came back at the tail end to tie the game 2-2. Chris Hilton, who's coach of the Black Stars, was a disappointed man after the game. Um, I think I, I feel how you would expect me to feel. In, uh, in a game that we didn't um, perform at the level that we did um, against Egypt, I thought um, we had uh, a lot of players that have played um, uh, in, in the three games and I thought our, our energy levels were not the highest but when you when you get yourself into a position of being 2-0 up you don't expect to concede in the way that we conceded what we've had to do is we've, had to sh we've, we've put ourselves in positions where you have to score three goals to win a game in, in all three of our games and um, we have continued to make fundamental mistakes we got ourselves into a, into a lead whether whether we deserve that or not but the fact is that we were in the lead and to go to this stage of the game is uh, this is why it's an, it's an angry changing room I think you can hear by the commotion that's going outside that's 
um, it's an angry place at the moment. And um, unless you unless you are able to see a game through, then it becomes very very difficult. The fans were livid. Irish journalists waited for the team in the mix zone to give them their peace. The star Alassane Watara witnessed two shocking results on Monday. Before the Black Stars, there was the host nation Ivory Coast who were trounced 4-0 by a resilient Equatorial Guinea side who took no prisoners in the game. Ghana got theirs right after and the fans were livid. Ghana is out of the tournament. The introduction of the day are you, I mean, it was clear. He brought nothing on the table. I think we played very well. It's just bad luck. Like we are disgracing ourselves like too much. This was an easy win. I was very, very confident that at least we will win this game. I feel the Ghanaian players would have done better because it's just so unbelievable. You were the first to um, get two penalties. You've been able to maintain them till 90th minute and just six minutes at a time. You, they've been able to. <laughs> it's just embarrassing. The next few days will be interesting for the Black Stars. The team is still not out of the Africa Cup of Nations yet. They would need Algeria and Zambia to lose and make sure Cameroon don't win to stand a chance of qualifying to the next stage of the Cup of Nations. Many want Ghana coach Chris Hilton gone. But whatever happens, Ghanaians will only be content with one result and it will be to make the football from this country better again. For the sunny side of sports, this is Yalfusulabi in Accra. the sunny side of sports on facebook x formerly known as twitter and at voaafrica.com my facebook address is facebook.com forward slash voa sunny my x formerly known as twitter handle is at voa sunny sports and if you go to voaafrica.com you can listen online to the sunny side of sports as well as past episodes Check out voaafrica.com for lots of Africa news. For world news, go to voanews.com. basketball and here's something to crow about Cameroonian star Joel Embiid scored a career high 70 points Monday night to lead the Philadelphia 76ers to a 133 to 123 victory over the visiting San Antonio Spurs Embiid says it was a very special night after he broke the previous Philadelphia club record of 68 points set by Hall of Famer Wilt Chamberlain I mean, it was great. Obviously, what you know, accomplish. 
um, a lot of things, you know, as far as, you know, everything. I mean, the history of this league and basketball in general. So uh, to be in the, you know, same conversation, I mean, that's, you know, that's pretty, it's pretty cool. Embiid tallied 24 points in the first quarter, 34 by halftime, and 59 after three quarters. I had a pretty good start to the to the third quarter, and um, I mean it was also depending on the game. Uh, at that point, I had 59, and the game was still pretty close. Um, so you know, you know, um, felt like I needed to go back, and then once I got back, I was like, yeah, there's my chance. Joel Embiid is the NBA's reigning most valuable player and a two-time league scoring champion. He says he continues to look for ways to improve his game. I'm really just, you know, pushing myself and challenging myself every single night. Um, you know, what else can I do? What else can I add to my game? Uh, you know, can I try something new uh, to see if it works or if it doesn't? So, yeah, I'm just really challenging myself. Joel Embiid's 70 points on Monday night was the highest total in the NBA this season, surpassing Giannis Antetokounmpo's 64 points for the Milwaukee Bucks on December 13th. And in Minneapolis, Minnesota on Monday night, Minnesota Timberwolves center Carl Anthony Towns scored a career-high 62 points in a 128-125 to loss to the Charlotte Hornets. That's a new Minnesota club scoring record. Finally, in tennis, defending champion Novak Djokovic is through to the semifinals at the Australian Open, as we hear now from Craig Gabriel in Melbourne. Novak Djokovic won a grueling three-hour, 45-minute clash with Taylor Fritz, 7646626263, to reach the semis for the 11th time. It was also his 33rd consecutive match win at the Australian, equaling a record held by the great Monica Seles, an idol of his. Of course, it means a lot. I didn't know that uh, uh, I'm sharing achievement, this record with her. So it, it makes it, of course, even more special for me because I, I really love Monica. I had Monica in my head uh, when I was growing up, yelling Gencic, my tennis mother, worked with Monica when she was young, and so I was uh, hearing a lot about Monica. Monica was definitely uh, one of one of my childhood uh, idols and heroes, and uh, I looked up to her very much. So Djokovic said this was a very difficult match as he found it tough to get through Fritz, who he's beaten on nine out of nine occasions. This was his 102nd Australian Open match. Only two others have played more, Roger Federer and Serena Williams. Yannick Sinner has kept his run of not losing a set alive. The fourth-seeded Italian has beaten Andrei Rublev 6-4-7-6-6-3, and he'll play Novak Djokovic. This is Sinner's second time in the semis of a major, and he's just the second Italian man to reach the Australian Open semis, the other being Matteo Berrettini in 2022. It was yet another highly competitive match, but it marked the first time this Australian Open that Coco Goff had lost a set. She was given her strongest test as Marta Kostyuk took the challenge to the fourth seed, matching her shot for shot for two sets till Goff found an extra gear in the third. She won 7-6, 6-7, 6-2, and she'll face Irina Sabah Sabalenka, who swept past Babora Krajikova 6-2-6-3. And Sabalenka says she's excited to play golf in a rematch of last year's U.S. Open final. I love it. I love it. After U.S. Open, I really wanted that 
revenge and uh, I would I mean that's that's a great match it's uh, it's it's always great battles against Coco always uh, really great fights and I'm, I'm 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 happy to play her and I'm super excited to play uh, that semi-final match day 11 and for the sixth time Daniil Medvedev and Herbert Hercats will be playing one another who be as everyone calls him leads their series 3-2 but Medvedev has won two of their three hardcourt matches once before they've played at the majors it was the fourth round at Wimbledon 2021 and Herkats won and in the next round he beat Roger Federer. The Polish player's serve will be a huge factor and Medi will have to look for even the smallest chance. Alexander Zverev takes a slim 4-3 advantage into his quarterfinal with Carlos Alcaraz. This is the third time that they're meeting at a major and it's one win apiece. Sasha won at the 2022 French Open quarters and Carlitos won at the 23 US Open also in the quarters en route to the title. Alcaraz says he's proud of his level but adds that Zverev pushes him every match they play and he loves to play him. The German has the same sentiment. There are four women who had been dreaming of being in the quarterfinals at the Australian Open but may have not expected it just yet. 19-year-old Linda Noskova has a first-time meeting with Diana Yastremska who's the first qualifier to reach the quarters and beat two major winners along the way since Yelena Dokic in 1999. And in the other match, Anna Kalanskaya has a 1-0 record over Gentian Wen but the Chinese player is the only one of the four to have experienced playing in a major quarterfinal. Craig Gabriel, VOA Sports, Melbourne. And that wraps up the January 23rd edition of the show. Thanks to producer David Vandy and engineer Audrius Regis. And thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports.